Okay, today's daf is Shabbos, daf Kuf Mem Beis. We're beginning a new parak, the 21st parak of Shabbos, on Kuf Mem Aleph Mem Beis, starting with the word Noital. So the Mishnah says, Noital Adam Espinai, you're allowed to pick up your son, even if he's carrying a stone on Shabbos. So no problem, you let him pick up your son. We'll see, the Gemara's gonna talk about what if you're in Rosh Rabim. Here we're only dealing with the muksa. So even though the son is, your son is carrying muksa, you're allowed to pick him up on Shabbos. However, uh, I'm sorry, another case. Let's see you have a basket, and in this basket you have a stone in it, or a common example would be, let's say you have like, you know, a bencher basket or something like that, and there's something in it that's muksa. Someone left, I don't know, a loose candle or something in your basket for your benchers, your napkin holder. So then, halacha is you're still allowed to move it, and the Gemara is going to explain each one. The metatlin truma tamea imatahara. Let's say you have truma tamea, so you have Truma that is given to the Kayan. If it's tummy, that means the Kayan cannot eat it either. So nobody can eat it. You have to uh, you know, destroy it. So it's muksa. However, if it's in the same basket or container with im ha you're allowed to move it. And the same thing would apply with im ha If you have truma and chulun together, so we view it as you know one big package. And in this uh, basket, I also have things that are edible, whether it's truma, that's tar, the kain can eat it, or chulun, and therefore I'm allowed to move the entire, you know, bread basket. Okay, now the Mishnah goes into halacha, which seemingly has nothing to do with muksa. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer, af malin es hameduma be'echad umea. So just a little background. So we know when it comes to uh, your classic kitchen shiloh, so you know, a piece of, uh, I don't know, some, some cream or you're drinking your coffee on top, of, you know, you're making your child and drinking your coffee on top of it and it spills in. So uh, there's a concept of bittel. The rub will ask you, okay, so how, many, how much chalun did you have? How much coffee spilled in? And if you have shishim, you have 60 times of, you know, a kosher, or in this case it would be flashix against the 160th of dairy. Halacha is you're allowed to consume it. It's called bittel b'shishim. What if it wasn't exactly, you know, milk and meat or non-kosher and kosher? We're dealing with someone put in Truma fell into chulin, which means you had a, you had something of truma, some grain or something, and it fell into a big vat of chulin, which is regular kosher food. Halacha is shishim doesn't work. Sixty times to one is not a good enough ratio. It needs to be a hundred to one. It's called echad uh, bemeya. It has to be a, a hundredth of the mixture. Then it's mutter. There's a another halachic detail there that. Although when it comes to you know regular kitchen shayla, once you have bitl, you're good to go. When it comes to truma, since the kain technically is losing out on that small percentage, so at some point you give the uh, you take away the shear that the amount of what truma fell in. So let's say one ounce of truma fell into a hundred ounces of chulin. So although you're allowed to eat this big soup pot, but one ounce should be removed because that's like you're you're filling the void that that the kain lost by having this bit. Okay, so very nice. Now, this is called malin. To remove that 1% is called malin. So comes Rabbi Huda, Rabbi says, af malin es If it was bottle, you're allowed to do that on Shabbos by taking out that 1% to allow you to eat the food. So what's the chiddush of that? We'll see this in the Gemara. Typically, we don't do things that allow me to eat something on Shabbos. For example, there's a halacha regarding tvilas kalim. Is a person allowed to take his... Uh, Let's say, you, you know, Yantif, you want to grill something, and you forgot to toivel your, your grill. You let it go toivel your grill on Yantif. So there's a Mishnah on Beitzah, you know, how to do that, because it's Misaki and Mona. Let's say you're fixing something. 
So the Gemara is going to ask, why is this not considered fixing where you had a mixture? You're not allowed to eat this food until you remove uh, the small amount. So how are you allowed to do it on Shabbos? So we're going to see that in the Gemara. Okay. So Zat the Gemara, the Gemara is going to go back to the first case we had. The case was that a person is allowed to pick up his child even though he's holding a rock. So I'm a Rava. Rava said like this. Let's, you know, let's talk about a similar case. Let's say a person is carrying his child from his home to Rishus Harabim. So let's say you live in a, in a town, there's no Erev, and you're, you're carrying your child outside. Your child wants to see something outside, so you carry him outside. The kiss, Tali Bitavari, and there's some type of wallet or fanny pack, whatever he has, it's, it's, uh, he's carrying it, Bitavari, on his neck. So the Gemara says, Chayev Mishum Kiss. You are Chayev Achatas and Shabbos. You carried something from your home to Rishus Harabim. What did you carry? Not the child, the kiss, the wallet. And the Gemara is going to ask, what's going on here? Now, Tinuk Mace, if, if there was a, 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 a dead uh, Tinuk, the kiss and you carried him outside, and there was a wallet attached to him, Pater, you'd totally be Pater from this carrying. So the Gemara is going to ask, what, what's, with the, what's the, you know, reasoning beyond these, behind these details? Okay, so Tinuk if you carry your child out, the kiss taliloi, the savari, and he's carrying something on his neck. Chayev mishum kiss. You're you're chayev because you carried something from your home to Rosh Hashanah and that's called haitza. Uh, so chayev mishum kiss. You're chayev achatos. So the Gemara says, vili chayev nami mishum tina. When you're carrying a child outside a baby, isn't that itself called carrying? So we know. So the Gemara says, Rava kirabi nosin sfirle. Rava holds like Rabbi nosin the Amar who said, chay noisias atzmoi that a, a uh, live person carries himself. So therefore, when you carry someone else, even if you're carrying them from Rosh Hashayachet or Rosh Rabbim, there's a concept of chai nesi asmoi, and therefore you do not violate an Isidar Raisa. But now that I, I know that I didn't carry the baby, but I carried the pocketbook, the kiss, so that's why I'm chayev for carrying the, the wallet, but I'm potter from carrying the baby. So the Gemara says, hold on. So why don't we say that the wallet should be bottle to the tinok? Meaning, we have this, you know, two days ago, where we had, you know, leftover, you know, strings attached to a baguette. There's a concept of, of making something bottle to the tinok. Milo, it's not, didn't we learn in the Mishnah uh, a month and a half ago, two months ago? As a chai bamita, someone who carries out a chai, a living person, bamita, in a bed, and the stretcher. So halacha is, since you're putter from carrying the person, because chai noisias atzmoi, the Mishnah said putter af alamita. You're also putter for the bed. Why? Shahamita to feilalai. The bed is tuffel to the person. Well, let's say a person carried out a baby in a car seat. So halacha would be you're putter. Now you shouldn't do it. It's isidra abonon. But the same way, you're not chai for carrying the baby because chai noisias atzmoi. So the car seat is. Tafel to the baby. So you should be potter. So when I carry out the car seat and the baby, I'm potter. So why don't we say the same thing? When I carry out a baby and he has a necklace, he's wearing a necklace, he's wearing a, a kiss, a wallet, something attached to his neck, I should also be potter. So the Gemara says, no. When it comes to the car seat, so there, you, in your mind, this is the car seat is functioning together with the child. It's, it's a child in a car seat, but I'm I'm focused on the child. But kiss the gabitinek loy mevatle. You're not mevatel 
the kiss, the wallet to the child, it's basically the child's holding a toy. So therefore, that's his thing. He's holding it independent. It's not bottled to the, to the person. We're going to talk about clothing. Clothing is bottled to the person when a person, when you walk on the street, you're not carrying it. When you carry someone who's wearing clothing, that's bottled. You view it as one package as opposed to a child holding, you know, a water bottle holding a toy. That would be considered that you are carrying the toy itself. So when you're carrying a child and the child is holding a toy, you'd be chayev. Okay, so the Gemara says, Tinoik Mace. Let's just, uh, we're going to translate that b'risa. Tinoik Mace, if there was a child which was no longer alive, the kiss tali love its right, and it's carrying a wallet, it's uh, on its neck. Potter, you're potter from, from a chatas. Why? Now, you can't tell me because unfortunately the child is no longer alive. So you should be chaya for carrying the baby. Rava Kreb Shimon Sirle, Rava Hosa Kreb Shimon, the Amar of Shimon says, Kal Malacha Sheena Tsrich Tarech Lagufa. It's a Malacha Sheena Tsrich Lagufa. Why? This is a discussion in the Rishonim, why this is called a Malacha Sheena Tsrich Lagufa. The simplest way of understanding it is because you're not trying to bring it to a certain place. You just want to get it out of the house. It's in a design to leave it in the house. You want to get it out, but you're not trying to get it to a specific destination, or you didn't want it here in the first place. It's not a situation that you're happy to be in. Either way, it's called a malacha shein tzrich lagufa, and therefore patur you are patur in it. So that's the reasoning behind, beyond this price. And that, now that we brought this down, we're going to ask the following question. You told me here that when I carry a, a, a baby that's alive and it's holding a toy, I'm chayev for carrying on Shabbos. Not for the baby, because the baby's chayev noisy at Satsmai. I'm chayev for carrying the toy, and the toy is not bottled to the baby. Hold on, what about our Mishnah? And the question is, when I carry someone and that person is carrying something, is it as if I'm carrying that item that the person's carrying or, or not? Tanam, we learned in our Mishnah, carry a baby in your own home. Even though it's carrying a stone. Now, that's talking about muksa. But don't we see from here that the same way I'm not, even though I'm, I'm not allowed to carry muksa myself, if my child's holding muksa, I am allowed to carry it. So why don't we say the same thing? When you're walking in Rosh Hashanah, if it's not cold, then I'm carrying the water bottle. So if my child is holding a water bottle, I should not be high for carrying the water bottle. So the Gemara says, wrong. No. Halacha is, if you're carrying someone who is who they themselves are carrying something, it's as if you are carrying it. And really, and that's what Rabbi said, you're, if the child is carrying something, you're just a rabbi, and you're carrying the child, chayiv. The same thing should apply by muksa. That should be the halacha. If your child is holding a rock and you pick up your child, it's as if you yourself are handling the rock. That's called direct handling because that's a normal way to, ha- to handle it. However, in our case, in our mission, there's a special dispensation. Why in our Mishnah are you allowed to hold your child even though he's holding a rock? You have a child who has gaguen, which is yearning for his father. He said, He's crying, and therefore, if the father does not pick him up to cheer him up, it's, he's going to be sad, he'll get into a, a rage, right? As our wonderful children do. So, there we will waive the issue of muksa, meaning technically I'm holding the child, the child's holding a rock, I'm, I'm handling muksa. We'll waive the muksa concern because of the child's health. So, therefore, Betinik Sheshagagumalavim. Only then are we making. Well, let's say there's no gagun of it. The kid is happy. He's just throwing rocks, right? You can't pick him up if he's holding a rock, right? You need to take your kid to 
you know, place where there's no air from one place to another. It depends. If it's if it's if it's a iser the rice, it'll be us, sir. Not, not a derisive. So, so in a no, Carmelist. Because it's, 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 it's a live person, so carrying his own weight. So it will never be derisive. Right, it will So the question is can I always be makel on Issa the Rabbana the Makam Kharli? So off the cuff, there will be, there, off the record, there would be times where a person would be makel. That's going to do Pachas, Pachas, Midal, and Amos. Why do I need to do that? You're saying for Carmelists. Say it's a case. In a Chanami. If there was a situation where. The, not because there's a Rishos Rabbim. Let them walk. Try. They can't cry. He's Fine, but it depends where it is. If you're in Rishos Rabbim, let's say you, let's say you live in New York City and you hold this Mamash Rishos Rabbim, you can't make an error here, so you can't carry it. This is the Raisa. It has to be Makam Sakana in order to violate this Raisa. However, you could have a good carrying. However, if you live in a, let's say you go away for vacation. You live in, it's, it's in a place that no Rosh Hashanah but there's technically no Erev around the city. So then, if the child is outside and there's no Erev, it's only in Isidara Banan because it's a Carmelis. So, so then, you know, you'd be Megal. In your case of Rosh Hashanah if it's so extreme that the child is mom is crying, so then you'd start coming up with other Rabbanans. Yeah, you start Yeah, so all these things are, are invoked. Again, okay, don't pass me from the Dafemish here, but, but yes. In, in those situations, the place we do discuss, at some point, you would invoke, try to get it down to a Durabanon, and same concept of Ga'aguim al-Aviv. Next. So, if it's true, that whenever there's Ga'aguim al-Aviv, we're Mekol on Muksa, so, my area, Evan, why did the Mishnah specify? They were dealing when the child was holding a stone, even if the child was holding a dinner, even if he was holding a coin, the halacha should be the same. Why did Rav tell us that it's not true? The only time you're allowed to carry the child when he's crying is when he's holding a rock. Avil, dinner, if he's holding money, also you're not allowed to carry him. Why not? Shouldn't we waive muksa in the situation of Gagun? So the Gemara says, no, Evan, when it comes to a stone, enough suye. The father is not going to end up carrying it himself. So the child might drop the rock. I'm sorry, yeah, the child might drop the rock. Now, carrying a child that's holding a rock, we call it moving muksa, but it's not exactly the same as you yourself handling muksa. So, if he drops the rock, I might actually do it myself. And therefore, Chazal were concerned, I'm going to move it myself. And therefore, don't, I'm sorry, uh, Evan, you're not going to move, you're not going to pick it up. So, no problem. But a dinner, enoughful, asi, asi avul asui. The father's going to end up picking the money because uh, it's it's significant. So, there was a concern. He himself is going to pick it up, even if there's gaguin. Now, gaguin doesn't mean what you were saying before, the child's mom is going crazy. But, the Gagum is yearning to the father, still you cannot pick up a child who's holding a dinner. Now there's Machlekes Yishonim, very important Machlekes Yishonim. When we say the child is not, you're not if, it, if your child is holding muksa, and the muksa is a dinner, which means it's something significant that you're not just going to leave on the floor. It's not a rock. An example would be a $20 toy, right? You have a $20 toy, and it's a... Uh, it's muksa, it's whatever, however you figure out the way it's muksa, it makes a lot of noise, whatever, and the child's holding it according to Samri Shainim. Even if you're not picking up the child, you're just literally walking hand in hand with the child, you're taking him to his room, halach is you're not allowed to walk with the child because if he drops it, you might pick it up. Halach alamaisa, the bear halach and simen shin tes, hold that we could be mako, as long as you're not picking up the child, but if a person's picking up the child and the child's holding muksa, so you have to be careful. It's, it's a halacha 
in Shulchan Aruch. Okay, Tanya Kivasi, yeah, go for it. Quick, quick question, sorry. How does Gagnoin help with the, with the dead baby? Because if you want to say that by the lad baby, so Gagnoin says, hold the stone, whatever, and, and that's, why, that's why you have the dispensation of being involved, but by moving the, the, the dead baby, I understand you don't want the dead baby where it is, whatever, but still, so take the pouch out, take the, take the rock out of the sea, and why do you have to carry the pouch also? Why do you Oh, so so, so so Rashi goes into that. Rashi says, really, it should be carrying. So Rashi says, when a person's carrying out the mace, the, the, his child that died, his das, his 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 thoughts are not about the material things. When a person, unfortunately, is dealing with those situations in life, you lose your uh, concept of materialism, of physicality. So when he's carrying the kiss, the, the wallet, he has no intention to actually move from place to place. So it is further considered a malacha she'ensuyach But you're right. Theoretically, a person would, you know, he's moving the wallet. Why are you moving the wallet from place to place? How could he say it's battle? But Rashi says, that you're right, but it's also because you're not thinking about moving the wallet from place to place. Okay, Tani Kavasi the Rava. We have a Brysa that looks that that, that goes with, with Rava. It says, Let's see if a folded towel or a folded talus, and you put it on your shoulder, you're walking around like that. Or Sandalov, Vetaboys of the Yodav. Let's see you're holding your. Uh, your shoes in your hand, your rings in your hand, you're not wearing it. If uh, you're wearing them, obviously you're Potter. Let's say you carry someone and he's wearing a shirt. The son of Ragdav, the boys of Yadav, he's wearing rings, he's wearing shoes. Potter, you're Potter because it's a high nurse, that's my. What about the clothing? The shoes are bottled to the person. However, if the person is holding his shoes, and I carry the person who's holding the shoes. Chayev, I'd be chayev. So we do look, we view it as if you are actually carrying it yourself, and you'd be chayev. The only time we're makele is by muksa, by gaguin, and only in a situation where if the child drops it, that we're not concerned that you're going to actually pick it up yourself. Then the Mishnah said, Kakala va'evim b'saycha. So you have a basket. Imagine you have your, uh, your uh, I don't know, your napkins, a holder on your table, and you have a candle in there. But the, Gemara, the Mishnah's case was you have a kakala, a basket full of food. Uh, uh, you have a basket and there's a stone in it. So the Gemara says, hold on. How am I allowed to move it? Am I to have a kakala, basis l'davraser? The basket should be a basis, which we say is, is a base for davra aser, for something that's muksa. If I have stones in a basket, the basket should be a basis. I should not be able to move the basket either. Amar Rabba Barachana, Amar Rabbi Yechanan, Hacha B'Kakala Malaya Paris Tiskin. We're talking about where there's fruit in the basket as well. Or that's your napkin holder. You have napkins and, you know, a loose candle or some matches. So then, in that situation, there's more useful items than the Muksa items. It's Malaya Paris. You're allowed to move it. It's called the buses, Ladavar Ha'asr, and Ladavar Hamutter, and you are, in fact, allowed to move it on Shabbos. So how many we think it's just a stone? Yeah, just a stone, yeah. So the says, hold on. I have a better idea. Why don't you just uh, tip over the basket so the fruits and the stone will fall out, then take the fruit, put it back in the basket, and then go serve the fruit. Why are you busy schlepping around the basket and you're moving muksa every second? Just get rid of everything, then put the fruit back in the basket and walk around. So the Gemara says, The fruit is going to get ruined if you tip it over. So you don't want to tip it over. So you have no choice. They're going to get ruined. Uh, they're very soft. So therefore, we don't require you to tip it over. So the Gemara says, why don't you just shake it and shake it in a way to get the stone out? Amrav Khibar Ashi Maravahakala Pekusa Askinon. 
we have a very specific case over here. Our discussion regarding the kakala, the basket, is talking about a basket that has a hole in it. The Evan Gufa Nasis Doifin the Kakala. The stone became part of the wall. Uh, of the basket. So that's the situation. You're right. In a regular situation, you should just uh, shake away the, the stone and then proceed to move the fruit. Next. Then the Mishnah said, Metatulin Truma. You're allowed to move Truma. That's Tame together with Truma. That's Tar. Amorav Chista, Loishanu Lamala. Our, this, our uh, Mishnah, which says it's mut, is only talking about when the Tar is on bottom and the Tame is on top. So you have no way of accessing the Truma, that's tar, unless you touch, unless you move around the tummy truma. Avol, tahira lamala, if the tar one is on top, and tamei lamata, so shakali the tar, shakali tamei. So just pick up the, the top fruit, which is tar, and you have to deal with the tummy one. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. If the tar one is on bottom, I have another idea. Nami lishadinu velinkatinu. Why don't you just dump everything and then put the tar fruit back in the basket and then proceed to serve it. Amrabi, um, Rabbi, this is what we quoted before, Paris, we're talking about the fruits will get ruined. So it's not an option, and therefore you're allowed to move it. You're allowed to move with Taira or with Chulin. Either way, top, bottom, no matter where they are, you're allowed to move it. You see a Bryce that goes clearly against Rav that said it's only when the tar is on the bottom. Here it sounds like even when the tar is on top, you're allowed to move it. So I'm Rav I'll tell you the reason why we have two different psakim. Masnis in our Mishnah is talking about the tar gufa. When a person wants the tar fruit, so in that situation, if the tar fruit is on top, all you want is the tar fruit, so just take it. What do you what are you moving the whole basket for? Bryce, uh, the Bryce Toba, let's start from You have this basket on your couch. There's tar fruit and tummy fruit in this basket. I want to sit on my couch. So there, I'm allowed to move the whole basket. What, what do you want me to do? Take out the tar fruit? I still can't sit on my couch. That, that's why it says you're allowed to move the entire basket. So the says, My duchy, Rav Chista, who showed Rav Chista? And our mission is talking about when you actually want the fruit as opposed to moving it because you want to sit on your couch. So my rabbi Masnisin Kivasi Daika, our Mishnah makes sense like him, the Katani Siva, because the second part of our Mishnah, which is Anamid Base, we'll see that in a few mu- in a few minutes. Mois She Alakar, you left your money, left your wallet on your pillow. So you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos. So Minara Sakar Behinoy you're not allowed to touch the money, but you shake your pillow and they fall on its own. This is only Talking about Litzarakufa, when a person wants to use the pillow, you want, I don't know, you want to have a pillow fight, you want to use the pillow. When a person wants to sleep there, you're allowed to carry the pillow with the money. Why? Because if I want to use my bed and I have money on my pillow, if I just tilt it, I'm going to have money on my bed. It's not going to help me. So then you're allowed to pick up the entire thing and move it. So you see from here that when the safe of the Tarakufa, when the safe is talking about the Tarakufa, where I need the pillow itself, forget about the marriage, I need the pillow. So Reishanami, our original mission is talking about the Tarakufa when you want the fruit itself. So that's what Rav Chista knew. And if you want the fruit itself, so just take from the top, you wouldn't have to move the entire thing. Okay, the next part's a little complicated, so we'll spend a few minutes on it. And hopefully we'll have some clarity. So Rav Yehuda Amar Af Malan. So let's go back to our mission. Our mission said that that even though you're not allowed to toivel kalim on, on Yantif, because you're fixing things, you're not allowed to toivel on Shabbos. However, if you have truma that was bottle in a mixture, it's a bottle 100 to 1 ratio, you're allowed to eat it, but before you eat it, you have to remove a little piece for the kain, symbolic sim- symbolic for the kain. We'll talk about that in Hilchus uh, when we get to that, you know, a uh, different time. 
So the question was, can I do that on Shabbos? What's the question? By doing that, I'm now being matir my food. It's like taking a keli that wasn't toivel and toiveling it. Can I do that on Shabbos? If you said yes, no problem. Right? You're fixing your fruit. Before then, your fruit, you cannot eat it. Now I can eat it. You want to do that on Shabbos? So the Gemara says, yes. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Eliezer, Sirule. Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Eliezer, who holds the Amar Truma Be'ene Machata. Rabbi Lezer holds that when Truma gets mixed into Chulun, when you have this, this situation where Truma fell into a vat of Chulun, we view it as a separate, independent uh, piece on its own. How do we see that? Meaning we don't view it as a combined entity. We view it as this is a standalone item within, you know, swimming amongst the fishes within this vat of Truma. How do we see that? It's not what to the Mishnah. So, Truma, you're cooking a soup, okay, and you have a, a saw of truma falls in to a mixture where they do not have a hundred times that amount, okay? You can have this in a home as well, you're with your kitchen shilas. Vinidmu, and this is called meduma. When you have a mixture of chulun and truma that's not bottled, it's called meduma. Medamas, you'll see that it's mishnais and truma. Now, the story's not over yet. So there's a lot of things splashing around in this kitchen. So first, Truma fell into the big soup pot. Do we have bittel? No. And then some clots came and took from the soup pot and put it in another pot. So what do I do, right? How do I? How much bittel do I need against this, this, uh, this new, you know, spoonful of Truma? There's two ways to view it. One way, and this is how we pass in Yeridea, we go by Lefi Cheshbon. You figure out how much of, we, we assume everything I mixed evenly. This comes up in your classic Buster Bechal of Shiloh. So a person makes spaghetti, and they used, uh, I don't know, they used um, some butter in their spaghetti, and now they took a piece of spaghetti, and that fell into a challenge, right? So how much challenge do we need against the spaghetti? Do I need 60 challenge against spaghetti? Or no, 60 challenge against the dairy component of the spaghetti. That's called the fichejben. How do I figure it out? Percentage, right? That's how we paskin. And it's a tremendous heter, you know, often. So what do we do over here? Rebbe Lezer, doesn't work like that. You have to eat it 100 times the spoonful. So you had a soup, you're making a soup. Truma falls into the soup, and then a splash from the soup goes into the next pot. Rabbi Lezer holds you need a hundred times that second splash. We don't go lufi cheshben. Fascinating. V'chacham remember no, ain't meduma medamia el lufi cheshben. Go with the cheshben. See if you had a hundred times the the percentage which you're going to have typically of the truma in any given spoon, then you're allowed to eat the second pot. Now what do you see from there? So the Gemara is being very creative here. Why does Rabbi Lezer hold? That we need a hundred, because Rabbi Lazar holds that each when when truma falls into chulin, we view it as an entity on its own, independent. As we don't view it as if it got uh, a most, you know mixed into the, the entire pot. So therefore, there's a chance, one in a hundred chance, whatever, that an entire piece of truma fell into pot number two. So therefore, I need bittel in pot number two against an entire piece of truma. According to the Chamim, everything got mixed evenly. It was blended in, so you go by the percentage, right? So according to Rabbi Lazar, that we consider that there's at least there's, a, there's an entity on its own that might have fallen to the other one. So since it's considered an entity on its own, when it comes to Hilchah Shabbos, to, to remove one piece to give to the truma, symbolic, when I have bittel, 
that might, I'm, I'm, I'm removing an entity on its own. So the Gemara asked the obvious question. Amor, the Shamalei, when did you hear Rabbi Lazar say that when, you're, when, when, you're, when the Shuma fell into a mixture, that there's an entity on its own? That's L'Chumra. Tell me to be concerned a bit, though, but L'Kula to tell me that when I separated something for the coin, I gave something that was an entity on its own. Mishamalei, did you ever hear this? So that doesn't make any sense. Elohud Amar Kareb Shimon. He must look up Shimon. What's the opinion of Rav Shimon? Because it's not one to the Mishnah. Sa'at shuma shnafal lemeya. So you have a sav shuma that fell into a pot of, of cholin, a hundred times the amount. So halacha is, you're, uh, you're, yeah, bitol. But the story's not over. So the same klutz that uh, dropped the first truma in, he did it again. So he had bitol the first time, but now he spilled another tru- another uh, measure of truma in it. So like his big like beer, he didn't drink it up. So halachas harizu asura. According to the Tanakhama, it's asur because I, it, it, this is called choyzer v'nir. And now I have two portions out of a hundred that are that are truma. I can't eat it. Rab Shimon holds matter. It's mutter. Why does he hold this? The Tanakhama holds that that it, it's considered blended entirely. And therefore, when another saw comes in, I have two pieces in, in, in a blend of 100. I don't have bitol. But according to Rav Shimon, being very creative one more time, Rav Shimon is saying that we view it as an entity on its own. So each one, I have 100 against each one, and I'm good to go. We don't view it as if it's... Rav Shimon say you take out one? Yes, you'd have to take out one anyways. But that, that's just a separate halacha. How many do you take out now? you take out two? Take out two. Yeah, but he's holding, there's no mixture. It's like an interesting, creative halacha that each one is viewed as an entity on its own. So the Gemara says, well, mind, who told you that, that, that's where Shimon holds? Dilma, very simple. Hassan, but it's a very simple machlikas. The Tanakhama Savar, Alpha Gav, the Nafu Bezachar, even though they fell one after the other, Kemad, the Nafu Bevas, Achas Dami. It's as if they fell in one shot, which we would call this in Yeradea, Choyzer Venir, Vahalacham Shinafla, Vahalacham Shinafla. So we view it as if each one is one in 50, not one in 100. The Rav Shimon Savar, no, and this is how we pass them typically. Kamaisa, Batal Bameer, when you put the first one in, it's Batal. It's no longer existing. It no longer exists. It's 100% kosher. And Vaha, Ti Batal Bameer, Vachad. And the second one is also Batal. Now it's 101, because that one turned into kosher. It's called Maybe Mahapich Isser Lahetter. So maybe it's a Yeridea Machlekes regarding Taruvois, regarding mixtures. It has nothing to do with your creative concept of you know, viewing it as an entity on its own. So you have no proof from there. So the Gemara says, so at the end of the day, how do we, how do we rationalize what Rabbi Huda says you're allowed to remove this one piece on Shabbos and, you know, on, on your truma. Elohud Amar Kerev Shimon Alazar, Hilzak of Shimon Alazar, the Tanar of Shimon Alazar, Noisin in of the Tzadzeh, so Let's go back to our, our example. Truma fell into chulin. Halacha is, if you have a 100 to 1 ratio, you're allowed to eat it. So halacha is, in this case, he's allowed to eat it. However, you have to do hala. You have to remove one piece. So comes along of Shimon Allah, and he says, You look at the other, other piece of the hala, and you eat from the other side. Meaning you have in mind, later on in the day, this is a concept that comes up in Hilchas Chala, Chalas Chutzlaretz, it's called Eichel Vachakach Mafresh. You let it eat and separate later. So let me eat now and I'll separate the truma later. So the fact that I could eat and separate this piece later, that's a raya. I mean, that shows me that this food is edible. So when I give the hala, let's say I, want, I don't want to wait. I don't trust myself. I'm going to finish the entire hala. When I give this piece to the client, 
I'm not taking bread that was not not edible and now making it edible. I could have eaten it anyways. I could have eaten it and given it later. So the Gemara says, very nice. However, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Savala Kavasa, you're telling me that Rabbi Yehuda Ozak of Shimon, he literally argues head to head with him. Look at the following Brisa. The Tanya within the Brisa, Yehuda Oimer, Malin Esamaduma, you have to be malin the aduma. You actually have to give a piece to the kain. They're arguing with each other. So the Gemara says, no. Rabbi Huda is adding to Shimon Elazar. He's saying, not only are you correct, Shimon Elazar, that you're allowed to look at the other side and eat it, I'm holding you're allowed to even give it, let it do this on Shabbos, take off a piece, because that is not called uh, misaki. But it, it's, it, it's, it fits with the Yusuf, that because it's edible at this point, by me uh, making it a little more machmir, I'm not changing it, I'm not being misaki anything, and therefore I'm allowed to do it on Shabbos. Okay, so we're going to go to the next Mishnah. This was quoted earlier on Amad so this might sound familiar. Ha'evan sha'al pi'al You have a stone that's on top of a barrel. Halacha is mata altida vihinai felas. You're allowed to. Uh, now you want to get the wine that's in the barrel. So how do you do this? You tilt it on the side, vihinai felas, and let the stone, this heavy stone, fall on its own, and you're allowed to drink the wine. Now What if it's amongst the barrels? If you start tilting barrels and rocks are falling, stones are falling, you're going to ruin everything. So then magbiel, you pick up the entire barrel, bring it to a safe, safe zone, and then umata altida vihinai felas. Then you tilt it on the side, let it fall on its own. Next case, you have money that's on your pillow. Shake off the pillow and let them fall, and now you can use your pillow. Next, let's say there was dirt on the pillow. So this has nothing to do with muksa. You let it clean it with a, you know, an old rag or something. But you can't pour water on it, because pouring water on it, that's how you clean cloth. If it was leather, so then you're even allowed to put, use water to clean it until uh, the stain dissipates, because leather, we don't say that's called uh, laundering, uh, so therefore you're allowed to put water on the leather. Now, let's go back to our mission. The mission spoke about when you had a rock on a barrel. This whole discussion of tilting the barrel to get rid of the rock, that's only when you forgot it there, you left it there. You put it there, I want this rock to be on my barrel the entire Shabbos or whatever. So the barrel becomes a basis, and the same way you cannot move the rock, you are not allowed to move the barrel. Okay, so the Mishnah then proceeded to say, when it's amongst the barrels, then you pick up the barrel, you deal solely with the barrel, find a good place, and then tilt it. So Montana, who's the Tana that says, the anytime I have a choice to deal with the Isser, meaning the Muksa, or I could deal with the kosher stuff, the hetera, the hetera tarchinon, you do extra work with the heter, but be sure loy tarchinon, you should not deal with the iser. So, Rabbi Ravchan, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Shimon Gamlili. It is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Gamlili. It's not learned in the Mishnah in Beitza. Let's say you're separating beans on Yantif. So you have a bag of beans, and if you don't, you know, if you our beans that we buy, your consumer product usually doesn't have junk in it, but if you don't have good products, so you have junk in it. So you have to separate the beans from the rocks and pebbles. So how do you do this, Anyat? If you want to cook your beans? So you're, allowed to, you're only allowed to remove you know, the beans from the garbage, which is like a Hechel Shabbos. You're only allowed to do the Oichel from the Psalis, but you cannot remove the stones from the beans. Whatever is needed to be done, whatever is the simplest way of doing it, that's how you should do it. 
Um, but you should only do it bechekoi v'tamchoi. Use a plate in, or in your lap. Not things that are done for, for uh, you know, long-term processing, because that's asranyantu. So typically, in your house, you, wouldn't, you would never do something like that. So typically, for, for most uh, boyer scenarios in your house, you're allowed to do it on yantu. Whether you're making a French press coffee, you're allowed, you're allowed to do boyer on yantu, because you're not doing a, you know, a, tri- a big production. So you're allowed, you're allowed to do boyer on yantu. Now, the time it comes along of Shemingam Leo, remember when did Basil say? You could separate the garbage from the food, take out the rocks, pebbles from the beans. That's when I have more beans than rocks. So which one's easier to deal with? It's easier to get rid of the stones than to be busy taking one bean at a time because I have more beans than rocks. However, if I have more stones than beans, even Mishra would say, you have to do, take the archa, don't do more of a tircha and deal with the, and deal with the stones. So therefore, you see from here, it comes along uh, the Gemara. The Gemara says that you're supposed to be toireach with the heter as opposed to the ister. So do more with the beans as opposed to the ister. The Gemara says, hold on a second, doesn't make any sense. Vahacha, you just said, uh, I'm sorry, Vahacha in our Mishnah, here you have wine, you have a whole barrel of wine, you have one rock. So it makes sense to get rid of the, it's much easier to get rid of the stone than to start moving the whole barrel of wine. And you just told me. But he's saying it's, 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 it's as if. And a lot more wine than, all I have to do is move a stone. One bottle of wine versus one rock. Right, but the point is that what's, what's the bigger tercha? To knock off the rock or to be pick up the whole thing and move it. So the Gemara says, Since at some point you're going to have to uh, pick up the stone, anyway, you have to pick up the barrel to move the stone. This is similar to having psoilas, to having more. Uh, non-good stuff than the food. And Rav Shimon Amil says, you're not allowed to move the psoilas because it's more of a tircha, so you're better off moving the actual food. So yeah, it's, it's more of a stretch. And therefore you'll deal with the wine as opposed to the the stone. Next, so the case was you had a barrel amongst, you know, in the wine cellar. So if you were just tilted on the side, the rock would start smashing other barrels. So how often is you pick it up, you find a safe place, you put it down, you tilt it, and you're good to go. So Tanya, Let's say it's in your wine cellar, and you're concerned. When I, you know, when I start tilting it, it's going to fall and break things. Or you have, you know, your wine glasses right, you know, nearby, and you're afraid. If I start moving rocks and stones, it's going to crack. So you bring it to another place. You tilt it on the side. You drink, you know, to your heart's desire. Then you return it back to its place. Next case, my. Why are you allowed to return it? You're done. You're done with the. Because it's not. It's no longer It's. What's the point of it, right? So, uh, so Rashi says that over here, the point of returning it, there's no, you're allowed to return it. The question is, why do I have to return it? By returning it, I'm showing that I had nothing to do with the rock. I wanted wine. I got my wine, and I put it back in the fridge, and I put it back in the wine cellar. So it, it, it finishes the action by showing that, that I was dealing with the wine. Now, why would I not be able to move it? There's no more rock on it. It's not a bus. I didn't have in mind for it to be here on Shabbos. I'm allowed to move it, but the, the point here is that you're supposed to move it. Move it back to show that I really wanted the wine. Can't, no, you can't touch the rock anymore. Rock is muksa, yeah. 
Let's do one more Gemara. Moishal Akars, you have money that's on your pillow. So we say you can shake off your pillow and they fall. So I'm Rav Shanu. This is only to Al A person left a cell phone on his pillow, you know, right before Shabbos. However, you put it there on your pillow, so then Nase buses the Darasa. Your pillow now becomes a buses for a Davaraser. It is now considered a buses. You cannot move your pillow on Shabbos. This whole discussion that I have to shake the, the pillow so my phone falls on my mattress. And then I'm allowed to move the pillow. That's That's when I want the pillow. If I want to sleep on this bed, so it's not going to help. If I, if I pick up the pillow, then fine. Then I got rid of then the pillow is no longer uh, uh, stuck with the phone. But now I have a phone on my mattress. That's Elitzar Gufi. If I want the mattress, then you're allowed to pick up the pillow, even if the phone is on it or the money is on it, and then put it in a place that's not going to land on your mattress and then you'd be able to use the mattress. You let him move the pillow even if the money or the wallet is still on it. That's the halacha, that's how you paskin. And you're allowed to move that on Shabbos in order for you to now use your pillow. Okay, we'll stop here. The next piece is a longer piece and we'll continue tomorrow.